Firstly, a warning. This episode of News Fix deals with mental health issues, including depression, anxiety and suicide. Welcome to News Fix. I'm Damien Huffenden. This episode is a personal one, but it didn't start out that way. Initially, I was offered the chance to speak to today's guests and thought it was a great opportunity to speak with some media peers and promote a great initiative from Beyond Blue. But after speaking with them, I realised that sharing is an important part of the story. So, as someone who has battled depression and anxiety for much of my adult life, I know it's not easy to be open and vulnerable, especially in a public forum that opens you up to judgement and ridicule. But as today's guests will show, and they've done enough to convince me, the tide is turning on the stigma around mental health and telling our stories is an important part of the recovery process. Ahead, a man who's witnessed firsthand the devastation depression and suicide can cause. Brad McEwen is here, plus host of the Not Alone podcast from Beyond Blue, Mark Fennell, and with great advice for those of us dealing with mental health issues, Dr Grant Blaschke. Welcome to News Fix. start with Mark Fennell. You'll know him, of course, journalist and presenter, and from what I understand from Wikipedia, a movie reviewer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once upon a time. Once upon, I, think, I think about 15 years as a movie reviewer. It's funny, though. I haven't seen a movie in a million years. <laughs> you moved on from there. Uh, now, of course, you are hosting this great podcast for Beyond Blue called Not Alone. How did you get started with it? Uh, Beyond Blue had seen a bunch of interviews that I had done. I, I spent most of the last couple of years being uh, doing one-on-one interviews with people for uh, my television show, The Feed, uh, which is on SBS. And I um, I do lots of one-on-one interviews with people, either very famous people or ordinary Australians with everyday stories. And um, I've always had a particular interest in people's, I guess, emotional lives and mental health. And they actually reached out and said, would you be interested in doing a series where you Essentially, you go deep with somebody about their mental health journey. And the underlying idea, you know, it's not just to, you know, hear somebody talk about the worst day of their life. It's this notion that if you can hear somebody else's experience, if you can know what somebody else has been through, suddenly it provides a pathway for you as a listener going, oh, somebody else has been through this. And I think that was where I was like, oh, this, this getting somebody to tell their story can actually be a really useful part of, of their mental health journey. And they and Beyond Blue um, found incredible people that were so willing to share these stories, and they're full on stories. And it was just a remarkable experience. I remember, like the first day of recording some of these interviews, you know, it kind of hits you in the gut because they're quite emotional. But I was also like, these people are incredible. And now, and you know, we've done two seasons of it, and every single time I step out of one of these interviews, at the end there's this really palpable sense of catharsis. Like, oh my god, like this is it's a really big thing for somebody to share very full-on moments with you. And it's something that a lot of people wouldn't have done, you know, only a few years ago, share that very vulnerable time, and yet now you've filled up two seasons' worth of podcasts with it. How do you find it as someone who has to tell this story and and talk to these people? There is a a degree of, like, it it is emotionally impacting to kind of do, to sit down there and and create a space where people feel comfortable sharing. You can't help but feel some of the impact of that. I would also say that one of the big things that I think has really changed over the last five years is 
you know, we talk about this idea of like there being a stigma around mental health. Mm-hmm. I think what's happened in the last kind of four or five years, just from my personal experience, is that that stigma is starting to fall away. Like people are getting more comfortable talking about their mental health and, and doing so openly. And it, it can only be good. It can only be good for, to have people um, openly sharing where they're at. You know, like when I say openly, it's got to be done in a safe environment. And obviously when you're working with Beyond Blue, their, their duty of care to these people is so next level and, and they really take, they really go the next level. But at the same time, it, it's powerful to be able to, to offer that experience to listeners that, 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 that they can see that somebody else has been in the tunnel too and that they found a way out. Like that, that is in effect what, it's, what we're offering. It's like, it's showing people that the, you know, no matter how bad things are for you with whatever you might be struggling with right now, there are people that have been there before or, or the inversions of it before and, and there are ways in which you can find your way out. And, and look, that's, it's funny, when we started the series, we didn't actually have a name for it when we first started doing the interviews and it just became very clear after like two or three interviews, everyone's like, I would ask them, you know, what do you want people listening to this story to know? And they would just say, it's important that people know that they're not alone. And I was like, well, I mean, clearly we have to call the series that, right? And so that's kind of where it came from. It's this idea that it doesn't matter what you're going through, you are not, and you should not be alone. Now, you obviously largely have a background in, in TV. How have you found this transition to podcasting? And, and how do you think that medium is a good way to speak to people in this space? It is interesting because I, you're right. I, I sort of grown up in front of TV cameras. I've been working in TV and radio, I guess, to an extent since I was a teenager. But there is something about the medium of podcasting that it has an intimacy and a space that other forms of media don't have, right? So think about this way. Most, you know, podcast listening happens, people, you know, you put in your earbuds or you put in your earphones. And nobody else knows what you're listening to. It's very intimate in that sense. Like you suddenly, and because, you you know, it's in your ear, it, it can be quite immersive. And I think there's real power in that. It kind of, it allows you to transport yourself into somebody else's shoes quite easily. Um, and because they can, the conversations can go for, you know, a little bit longer, although I'm a big believer in like getting to the point. You know, I, I think those there's more space in those conversations for you to, to step into somebody else's world. And I think that intimacy is really powerful, particularly particularly for, for stuff like this where, you know, you want to do the stories justice and you don't want to waste, at the same time, you don't want to waste people's time, like either the interviewee or the listener. So I think, I think it, it hits a good sweet spot that you can't really do in, in many other forms of media. And I guess if you're a guest who, then you don't have to worry about how you're looking on camera, the hair, the makeup, the how you're dressed, what you look like, if you're going to cry, all that sort of thing. Like it, it sort of frees you up just to concentrate on your story. Completely. You know, and I don't, like people, when people are self-conscious, it gets in the way of being honest, right? So I think, and look, that's not to say that you can't have honest conversations on television. Indeed, you can, and thousands do. Um, but I think there is something that when you strip away the artifice of, of media, right, you know, cameras and lights and stuff like that, you, it's a lot easier, let's say, to have a have a very simple conversation. You know, like when we do these interviews, it's an empty room with two microphones and two people. Like there's, you know, the Beyond Blue team are sort of listening in and there's, a, you know, a psych that checks in on them before and after, so all that happens. But when we're doing it, it's just two people in a room. 
And it's sort of up to me to make sure they feel comfortable and they feel safe to share what they're going to share of their lives. And, and I think this, this simplicity to it is, is really where the power lives. Now, one of the the big interviews to come out of this season is the story of Brad McEwen. Um, I've spoken to him before I've spoken to you, but also listened to his story. As, as powerful as his story is in the podcast, I found just speaking to him one-on-one was both engaging, uh, it was impactful, it was empowering. Like, how did you find listening to that story as it was happening? I think the thing that strikes you talking to Brad is how brave he and his family yeah. are. Yeah. You, know, it, you know, it is not a small thing to sit down and share really full-on moments of your life. And I think he's very, I think, you know, I've sort of grown up watching Brad on TV. Me too. You know, which I think a lot of people have. Yeah. And, you know, you know him as like this, like, you know, jovial, bouncy sport guy. You know, yeah. you're like, he's, he's, he's super charming and he's warm. But then, you know, there's a recognition that with that comes there's some pretty significant regrets. I think about um, what's happened to his uh, family and, and also, you know, a real pride in how his family has dealt with it, I think is really powerful as well. I think there was something, you know, Brad is just a very special dude. There's, there's no getting around it. He's, a, he's been through and his family has been through a lot and what they've chosen to do, they've chosen to take what they've been through and make sure that anyone that cares to listen doesn't feel like they they have to deal with that by themselves. That there that there are other families that have dealt with it too, and that is a courageous act, you know. It, and I think if there was one word to describe the people that have come to the series, it is. And I know this is an overused word, but they are brave. Yeah, it's brave to get in front of a microphone and just go deep on some of the worst moments of your life. It is brave. And they do so with the knowledge that it will help other people. Like it wouldn't be worth doing if, if it if it doesn't help people. And I've lost track. I kid you not. I've lost track of the number of DMs and messages that I've gotten from people saying, you know, I started listening to this episode and it suddenly brought out all of this stuff that I've forgotten from my my life and it suddenly reminded me that there are ways through stuff. I think that's that's really the stuff that makes you feel like it's worthwhile. Well, that was actually going to be my next question because obviously in that podcast platform, uh, you record it and you push it out there and you can probably see stats and downloads and all that sort of thing. But what you probably don't always know is how that has actually impacted someone who may have been down, who was looking for a little pick-me-up, who was really connecting with those stories. And so obviously you're getting that feedback. Yeah, and actually it's funny, I haven't paid... Even this, I know Beyond Blue are paying attention to the downloads and whatnot. I'm actually not paying attention to any of those. All I'm getting right now is feedback from people saying the impact, the emotional impact on them, which is much better. <laughs> I'd much rather not be looking at download numbers or ratings or whatever. I'd much rather be hearing from people say, hey, this meant something to me. It's, it's an infinitely more, uh, it's an infinitely better way of, of conducting your, your your content absolutely well we've we've spoken a lot about sharing stories and how it can help people dealing with with their mental health so what do you think is probably the best way for anyone who's listening who obviously doesn't have a microphone in front of them that can share their story how can they share and obviously create that community um, and get that help that they need well firstly i would say do it in a safe way so don't, like, you know, I, I'm not, I would never, um, I, and I'm not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, so I, I'm, I'm, you know, this is me just speaking from a personal perspective. 
I would say that if, if you do feel the need to talk to somebody about your mental health, start with a trusted friend or a family, somebody who you feel safe with. And then also with the recognition that there are a whole host of services that, you know, particularly Beyond Blue and other mental health services provide. There are um, this, the forums, Beyond Blue forums are incredibly helpful. Not everybody wants to necessarily pick up the phone and talk to someone straight away. Sometimes it's helpful to read and those forums are, you know, they're moderated, they're curated. So they're, they're like, it's not just like a wild west part of the internet. Um, so trusted friends and family, beyond Blue Forums, and then from there um, you can, as, as has been said many times in the podcast, you can go talk to uh, a medical professional as well, and then from there you can move into talking to somebody, uh, a, a mental health professional. So you can go visit your GP, and from GP you can go on to a mental health professional. Now, I, I'm... Like I said, I'm I'm not a mental health professional. I'm I'm not you know, qualified to give advice. And certainly in the podcast, we talked to uh, Dr. Brad Blaschke, who is very qualified to give give advice. But the, you know, it always comes down to knowing that there is a pathway, right? So yeah. there is a pathway, you know, from a GP to, to somebody professional. You can always reach out to. But also there are, and that can be a big step for people. But there are already all of these pre-existing resources that you can start to kind of look at uh, on the Beyond Blue website. And indeed, the podcast itself is, 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 a, is a good starting point there as well. So I think it's important to recognize that, you know, there's not a one-size-fits-all for, for, for mental health. You know, different people will want to get different resources um, from different places. And I think the big part of what Beyond Blue is trying to do with the podcast and forums is to make sure that there are a multiplicity of resources depending on what is going to work and what is going to reach you best. Absolutely. All right. Final question. You've just sort of finished season two and, and it's rolling out now. Do you reckon you could go for more episodes, more of these stories, or do you think it's sort of draining um, to sort of take that on and tell that story? And, and not, in a, not in a bad way, obviously, but obviously it, it can take its toll as the someone as someone who's listening and, and telling that story as well. Oh, it is like <laughs> I make no bones about it. It is draining. There's yeah. no question, but it's also worth it because um, you know it's you've got to be respectful. Like from where I stand, like I feel like I have to be respectful of the fact that people have taken the time to share, and then people have also taken the time to listen. Like I'm a kind of a in that sense, I'm really not much more than a conduit, and I think you've got to be respectful of the people at either ends of that that conduit. Um, I'm game. Like I'm absolutely game to do more if the audience and Beyond Blue. Uh, if the audience and Beyond Blue are keen to revisit it, I'm absolutely game to do more. Sounds good. Mark Fennell, thank you so much. The pleasure is entirely mine. Have a lovely day. Our next guest is uh, Brad McEwen, former newsreader. And, well, what has he been doing since then? Let's ask him. Brad, hello and welcome. Hello, Damien. Nice to chat to you. You too. Now, uh, of course, I lived in Brisbane and uh, back in the day you were the sports presenter up there. You came down to Sydney and you had some fun with Sandra Sully. What have you been doing yeah. since since you left 10? Um, that's a good question, Damien. I left three years ago and to be honest, the first thing I did and probably for my own well-being is I took some time out. Nice. And I didn't feel a rush just to jump into anything because I just wanted to pause and reflect and relax and really consider the next move. So um, maybe fortuitously, uh, then I sort of, a friend actually, or a, a chap from my hometown, he does a lot in the thought leadership space. He works with a lot of, um, in the corporate world and also elite sporting clubs. 
and he works in thought leadership. And um, uh, we struck up a friendship and a relationship uh, where we get to do work together. And so I'm doing a lot of workshops and facilitations on a lot of different things, uh, Damien, everything from leadership in regards to mental health and well-being. Uh, we're about to present a series on male allyships and how men can better support women, uh, not only in the workplace, but in society. Uh, we're really passionate about that. I do um, workshops and everything from kindness to resilience and perspective, media training, presentation training. So you don't know anything I'm really about lucky. that, do you? Well, you know, <laughs> I sort of. Well, as I often say to people, Damien, when when you've spent as long a time as I did in media and so many other people have, there's rarely a story that you come across or you're reporting or presenting on that you haven't encountered before. So there's very much a template for how we do things. And I only know this because I learned of so many great people. They taught me. So I really, really love teaching and passing on those tips and tricks to lots of other people, things that I learned when I was sitting up on the desk and, you know, just a subtle little, maybe you should just try this or take a breath here or maybe look at this camera or, you know, just lots of different things that help and make it look certainly more natural than it is sometimes. But there's a big focus, Damien, what I do on mental health and well-being um, because it's something that I'm really passionate about and something I'm I'm really passionate on on conveying to everybody that we need to talk about mental health and well-being. Absolutely. And, and that's the reason we've got you on as well, because you're telling your story as part of this new podcast from Beyond Blue called Not Alone. Now, I don't want to sort of tread on uh, their tyres here, but uh, just give us a quick insight as to why this is so personal to you. Well, it's the second series of the podcast, and uh, I am the first episode. I've been a Beyond Blue ambassador, Damien, for over a decade, and over summer, they said, would you like to be a guest on the podcast? And I took a breath and I thought, yeah, I would. But I also knew that if I'm going to come on the podcast and I'm going to be authentic, I need to share things that I don't often share, certainly not publicly. And that is in relation to uh, our family's experience with um, mental health and specifically suicide. So in the podcast, I open up about losing two family members to suicide, um, my brother and, and my father. Uh, I, I spoke with my mum and my sister and my nephew and my stepfather and everyone to make sure that they were okay with it because it's not my story, it's our story. And yeah, I, I opened up and, and spoke uh, in detail about um, that really traumatic period uh, in the late 1980s and early 90s. And a few days after uh, it was released and talking to you, I feel I feel quite emotionally drained because it does take a lot out of you. And, you know, I've also been inundated with just messages. And, you know, so many messages that simply say, well done, I love you. And it means a lot. It really means a lot to know that they know how powerful it is to share stories because, and we all know this, uh, we remember stories. You go back to your schooling, university, um, whatever it might be, but of all those things that were written on the board, I reckon there's a fair chance most of us don't remember much at all, but we remember 
stories and we're hardwired to wear, uh, to, to, to remember stories. And that's why I tell our story because I know that that story gets shared with other people and it will lead to people having conversations around mental health and wellbeing and conversations save lives. So it wasn't easy, but it was really important and it was the right thing to do. Absolutely. And I guess you mentioned there, of course, that it was a fair while ago now. Certainly back then, I guess there weren't many conversations about mental health, about depression, about anxiety, about uh, suicide. Obviously, that seems like it's changing. Do you think we're at a place now where it's a little more common or, or have we got more work to do? We've come a long way. Absolutely, we have, Damien, but we've got a long way to go. I mean, people have conversations now. You know, I covered sport for many years and to see people like a a Buddy Franklin or a Tom Boyd or a, a Darius Boyd, Libby Trickett, Glenn Maxwell, put their hand up and say, hey, I'm taking time out because I need to look after my mental health. That is such a powerful thing. And it just encourages everyone else to go, well, hang on, if it's okay for them, I can do the same thing. And what I say to people all the time, Damien, is if you put your hand up and you say, you know what, my mental health is not great. Because let's be honest, we all do it with our physical health. It's almost a badge of honor. How are you? Oh, I went for a run and I've got, I've got a sore leg or I played golf and my shoulder's not quite right. We love telling people about that. But how many of us, when we're asked, how are you? How many of us really go, actually, you know what? Yeah, I'm not great. Yeah. I'm not great. So if you're putting your hand up and you're getting help, which I do all the time because it makes a big difference, you're not only helping yourself, but people are always watching and listening and learning from each other. So who is watching you? Who is watching you go, you know what? I'm going to go get help. And they're watching you do it and they're going, hang on. They can do it. I can do it because I saw that they were struggling and they're not struggling anymore. So why wouldn't I want to have a piece of that? And absolutely. And and look, I'll have to admit, you know, seven, seven years ago now, I had to do it. I had to sort of pack up and leave a job and, you know, go back home and concentrate on myself. So it affects everyone, obviously. Now, what I want to go back to is we, we talk about people's your, your own mental health and helping those uh, who are struggling. As someone who has lost two family members to suicide, how is the aftermath of that for you and the family? Because I feel like we, we centre a lot on the person, obviously, who has um, passed away and, and who struggled, but then there's a lot left in that wake, I feel like. Damien, you're just numb. Uh, to to experience it once is devastating and to experience it twice within a couple of years is it's almost it's hard to believe it's happening but it is happening and as mum would say back then the only choice we have is to put one foot in front of the other and you know, I would often wake up and think it was just a nightmare and then, uh, sorry, I'd, I'd, I'd think it was, um, I'd had a bad dream and you'd wake up and you'd realise, no, it's real. And I'm acutely aware, Damien, there are people listening to this and, and this is raw and real for them because they know what I'm talking about. But 
I also remember vividly back then mum talking to my sister and I, and we were very close and we, we still are. And, um, you know, my mum has remarried and she married the nicest man on the planet and um, we have step-siblings and we're always a very close family. And now we've even got a, an even bigger, wonderful, close family. But all those years ago, mum said, you know, we're not, we're not going to wallow here. We're not going to be victims. We're going to get on with our life and we're going to make a difference. Now, my mum and my sister are both nurses. Mum's retired. And I'm not a nurse, so I'm not helping people in that way. But I get to help people in other ways. And I get up and I talk and I share our story on a podcast and I speak at lots of different events. And when you go through what we went through, you become very paranoid. So you just, you know, I've always been a very empathetic person, but you, you really do worry about everyone. And that's a lot to take on for your own well-being. I'll Absolutely. acknowledge that. But in a, in a lot of ways, Damien, I, I, I'm okay with that because maybe that's my place in the world to, to keep an eye on people and help them and listen to them and, 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 and guide them to where they need to go to get help, to listen to their story. You know, that is such a powerful thing to see someone at work or someone in my world and just go, Hey, how are you doing? Yeah, let's have a coffee. Let's, yeah, yeah, you're going all right. You're going all right. And by sharing who I really am and what we're about, uh, if that gives them the confidence to go, Well, hang on, you've shared a bit of you. I'm going to share a bit of me. And yeah, I'm, I'm not great. Um, that's a really powerful thing. I actually feel in a way that despite the, the trauma and, um, you know, the life-changing experiences we had, you, wh what happened to us, Damien, also in a way just defines us because we then get to, to help people and uh, make a difference to the world. And that gives us a sense of purpose that, you know, I'm talking to you, I'm enjoying talking to you. I've met someone I didn't know, but by talking to you and knowing that people are listening to this and knowing that it helps them, it helps me. It gives me purpose and it gives me a sense of belonging. Okay, mental health and well-being and Beyond Blue and any, any organisation that's talking about this. You know, sport was my tribe. I have my hometown is my tribe. Uh, media for a couple of decades was my tribe. Well, mental health and well-being, it's my tribe. And I'm so proud of that. You know, when, when I tell people I'm a Beyond Blue ambassador and have been for a decade, I, I stand 10 feet tall and puff out my chest because apart from being a son and a brother and, and a partner and, and an uncle and everything to do with family, being a journalist, being a presenter, all those things in regards to my professional career, fabulous, loved it. But to be a Beyond Blue and also an ambassador for another mental health group called the Satellite Foundation in regards to the mental health space, to be an ambassador for those organisations, that's, they are the titles that are most important. 
and you can really hear the passion coming through in your voice too. Like sometimes people become ambassadors and they trot around and say, you know, you know, support this, what is it? But you, you can really feel the passion coming through and what you're saying there and obviously uh, for good reason. When, when you're talking to people and you can see or hear or can just tell that they're struggling, what do you say? What is your advice to them? I tell people to reach out and talk to someone to get help. And I, I tell anyone that, you know, your first port of call I've always found for me is, is your GP because they'll point you in the right direction. But most importantly, it's so important just to talk, to initiate a conversation. People often say to me, and they're worried about someone, say they work with or in their community, and they say, well, I don't know what to do. And I say, well, I think you do, because if you know that person well enough, I think you know them well enough that you know how you can initiate a conversation. Maybe you've gone for walks with them around the park. Do you like to go fishing? You know, I don't promote excessive drinking, far from it. However, if having a conversation with someone that you are concerned about means an invitation to pop down to the pub and have a beer or have a glass of wine, whatever, whatever it might be, and that opens the door to a conversation, just do it. Go for it. The other thing is I will say it can be hard having these conversations when you're worried about someone. And, you know, I've even sort of had mentioned to people, oh, you okay? and maybe they gave me a little bit of pushback around, oh, fine, you know, and they were a little bit sort of, I wouldn't say offended, but maybe they felt uncomfortable. But in most cases, I think those same people have, have, have at some stage said to me, hey, I know I didn't give you much, but, but thanks. Mm. You know, I really appreciate that. And because at the end of the day, is anyone really offended by another person caring, listening, supporting, you know, just knowing. You know, the world can be a really lonely place and a difficult place, but knowing that people care about you and often it's complete strangers, knowing that there are people around you that really care about you is just so powerful and you know, to, to borrow the title of the podcast, not alone, you know, We've all been in situations and, and, you know, hats off to you, um, Damien, for sharing a little bit of your experiences and to, to be so open about that because, you know, there'll be people listening to this that might know you and they'll go, oh, okay, cool. I didn't, well, when I say cool, Damien, that's great. Well done. I didn't, next thing I see you, let's talk a little bit about that. So it's going to help them as, as well. But just caring, just knowing that people care about you and are there for you. It just makes an enormous difference. Reaching that arm out in a time of need can make a world of difference. Yeah, absolutely. And just, just, just by saying, hey, you know, well, I, and there's another another fantastic initiative and group, you know, Are You Okay Day? Are You Okay yep. Day? But we don't need to ask Are You Okay every day. Uh, sorry, we don't need to just ask it on okay. Are You Okay Day. We can ask it every day. You know, one of the biggest things over COVID, one of the presentations and workshops that I conducted more than any other workshop was around this magnificent thing that I believe is one of the most powerful, powerful gifts in the world. And that is that little thing, Damien, called kindness. Mm -hmm. And, you know, particularly during COVID when so many of us were struggling, those, those acts of kindness 
just helped so much. And for those of you that, that know a bit about, you know, the power of kindness and how it actually, well, there's a reason why we, we tell people that kindness is so powerful and that is that it, you know, it, it, it reduces or it increases your oxytocin levels and oxytocin gives us our self-esteem and, and our confidence and it uh, increases our serotonin levels and we live longer and we're happier. We know what we talk about with kindness. They call it the helper's high. We've all done it. You know, when you go and help the woman at the supermarket, old, old, old chap might be struggling. You help them <laughs> get, you get their bag, whatever. Yep. They, ju- they smile at you. They drive away. They feel good. Who else feels good? We feel good. Yep. We call that the helper's high. But from a mental health perspective, and hey, I'm not just saying it. Anyone can research it if they want. The brain releases endorphins. So we feel great. But not only that, being kind helps reduce or helps with depression and anxiety, our mental health. So sometimes when it comes to just little things, little daily things that can make a big difference, just being kind and helping out people is so incredibly powerful. I was chatting to a guy last year who's who's had his struggles and continues to have his struggles with depression. And he said, you know what? And he said in my darkest days and the really difficult times, that was my focus every day and that's what got me through, be kind to people. And he said it just helped enormously. Powerful stuff. Um, I I feel like we could chat here all day. Um, It's been fascinating to chat to you. The podcast is called Not Alone. It's put out by Beyond Blue, hosted by Mark Fennell, of course. Uh, Find it wherever you uh, like your podcast. We'll put a link to it in the show notes below. Make sure you listen to Brad's full story because um, I haven't heard it yet, but listening to you talk now, I can't actually wait to go and hear it. Not because it's a great story, obviously, but just to, to hear what you've been through because... Just talking to you now, there's been such passion in what you've said. I, I honestly think this is going to be a powerful story for people to hear. So I'm going to go and do that very soon, I think, and everyone else should go and do it as well. Well, Damien, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. And, you know, I love to also tell people that one of the kindest things they can do is I call it the power of the compliment. And to, to know that we're doing something okay or right because we're, we're all consumed by self-doubt and we can all lack confidence at times but honestly Damien I sit here and I listen to you and what you shared and how easy it is to talk to you you are very good at what you do so thank you thank you for making our conversation um, a really engaging one well that is too kind that is too kind Um, we'll get you back on again I think I don't know what we'll talk about next time but I think we'll just chat I look forward to it thanks Thanks, Brad Joining us now is Beyond Blue's lead clinical advisor, Dr. Grant Blaschke. Grant, hello. Hi there, Damien. How are you going? Yeah, good, good. Well, should I ask, are you okay? Because that seems to be the question that comes up a lot. Is that a question that is very helpful in terms of mental health, really? Yeah, look, I think what we've seen is this most incredible um, understanding of mental health in the community that never used to be there. And as a practicing GP, I'm always uh, not surprised now, but people come in speaking really quite openly about depression, anxiety, things that are going on for themselves or in their family. So I think the conversation's really moved a long way. And obviously it's, it's been something of a stigma in the past in terms of depression, anxiety, all that sort of thing. Obviously we're seeing a change in that. People are starting to open up about it. 
Absolutely. We've seen a big change in what we call mental health literacy in the community. So, you know, a lot of young people now will speak quite openly about mental health issues and it's become a much more sort of acceptable conversation. Having said that, there's still a lot of stigma in the community. And, you know, as a GP, I'll see patients and they might have an anxiety condition and they're thinking, oh, I don't want to tell my boss about it. Or, you know, my family's from a particular culture where they would just think a mental health problem was just a sign of weakness or something. And then I want to bring it up. So, you know, it's not all, um, you know, happy little Vegemites out there. There's still lots of stigma, but I think things have improved a lot. In terms of mental health conditions, who is most likely to suffer from these now? Well, this is something that we've seen is anyone, anyone from any background, socioeconomic, cultural, gender, whatever, whatever your background Mental health issues are so common. I'll give you a sense. From the big research surveys we do, in one year in Australia, about one million people experience depression and about two million will experience an anxiety condition. So often when I'm saying to you know my students or young colleagues, you don't need to look at the research studies. Just think about your family barbecue or your friendship group. You'll definitely know a bunch of people who having a hard time with mental health issues. And of those people, how many actually seek some sort of professional treatment? We think about half of people go to help um, and about half of people just try and sort it out themselves. Now, you know, there's useful things you can do and not useful things. So some people try and sort out their anxiety by drinking more alcohol or, um, you know, getting themselves into all sort of strife relationships breaking up and they're not really getting anywhere. And I guess that's why we really do encourage people to get some well-informed, evidence-based help, lots of good information on the Beyond Blue website. We've also got this thing called a forum where people can just type and chat anonymously to other people. You'd be a bit surprised, but we had 700,000 unique visitors to our forum last year. And we know that people love telling their stories, and also reading about, hearing about other people's mental health stories. Like it gives them a lot of comfort and insight into what other people are going through. And, and so I, I guess sharing that thing around also helps reduce that stigma as well. It does. Yeah, and often, you know, when I'm chatting to patients and I'll say, you know that 2 million people a year in Australia have got anxiety conditions and they're like, Really? I said, yeah, you're, you're in good company. You really aren't alone here. And that can be quite reassuring because if you've got all this sort of um, strife going on in your mind and you think you're the only one in the world that's experiencing it, that in itself makes it harder. But then when you actually hear stories that other people have gone through it, got help, got it sorted out or have learned to manage it, getting on with their life, very inspiring, very motivating to go, okay, I'm going to get some proper help for this, that's enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, if someone is sort of a struggling uh, with their emotions or, or what, whatever it is that they're going through, but they're not actually sure whether they actually have depression or whether they have anxiety or, or some other uh, disorder, what are some of the key signs that either you should be looking out for or, you know, you should be looking out for in friends or family? question because of course you know life isn't always rosy and we all have our ups and downs and we have losses and 
breakups and our dogs die and, you know, disappointments and then just part of life. So we don't want to medicalize feelings of sadness or appropriate worry. You know, a lot of people got very worried about the pandemic. It's not an anxiety condition. They're worried. Um, so when does it sort of tip over into more of a, ment- a mental health condition? Some little uh, warning signs for me or red flags would be interfering with your day-to-day life, so interfering with your relationships, interfering with your work, finding that there's not really any bright spots. So particularly with depression, if you're going you know, more than a couple of weeks and there's literally nothing you're enjoying, not your children, not your your hobbies that you used to like, you know, that's a bit of a warning sign that there's depression brewing. Anxiety conditions, I mean, there's a, a number of different sorts of types of anxiety, but particularly people are starting to avoid things. You know, it might be social anxiety and you don't want to go out or panic attacks and you're sort of scared to go on a train or, or to travel or something like that. These, these are the sort of things that interfere with people's lives. Just another comment, um, sort of a heavy topic, but obviously thoughts about self-harm, suicide, always take these things seriously and always worth discussing these with either your GP or Beyond Blue or, or Lifeline and, um, and, and getting that assessed to see, you know, these fleeting thoughts or are these some more serious thoughts that need some professional assistance. And do we know yet what causes these conditions, what causes anxiety, what brings on uh, depression? Yeah, it's really interesting because we know it's a, it's a combination of nature and nurture. So a lot of the mental health conditions actually run in families. Um, and, you know, often when I'm chatting to my patients, they go, yeah, mum had really nasty depression or, you know, I think dad had an anxiety condition. He never talked about it, but he also drank a lot and, you know, so there can be these sort of genetic aspects to it. And, of course, then there's situational, um, you know, and as you hear on, on our latest range of podcasts, people have all sorts of trauma that they go through in their lives. You know, God forbid, you know, some people have experienced abuse, um, you know, maybe as a child or in a workplace or they've had some other uh, very traumatic experience may be caught up in an extreme weather event or something like that, and these can really tip people up as well. So it's a really a mixture of you know biology and life experience as well. All right, so we know a lot of people uh, don't go and seek medical attention uh, at the best of times, let alone for their mental health. If someone's going to come and see a GP, they finally made their decision, they're going to come and see you, they're going to talk to you about this sad feeling or, you know, this anxious feeling, what can they expect when they talk to their doctor? Yeah. So first of all, a couple of good tips. So it'd be beautiful to say, look, every GP is fantastic at managing mental health issue. But I guess like any professional industry, there'll be some um, GPs that are particularly sensitive to these issues. So I find the medical receptionists are a good start. They usually know. So if if you're taking a family member to the GP, because there's some mental health issues, to ask the receptionist, oh, which doctors do you reckon are pretty good at managing this sort of stuff? So that's the first thing. Book a double appointment. It's not something you want to rush. And bring it up early in the consultation. So as a GP, you know, often people are a bit embarrassed about things and they'll come in and ask you about all sorts of nebulous things. And then what we call a door handle consultation, just (laughs) as they're leaving, they'll go, by the way, I haven't slept properly for about two months and, 
and you think, okay, but the consult's coming to an end. So I would recommend if, if you've got some mental health issues, be upfront with the GP early on. GPs in Australia can undertake what's called a GP mental health plan. It's a structured assessment. You go through some questions, what sort of symptoms you're having, anything running in your family, any medical conditions or medicines that might be affecting your mental health. And um, you also often complete a quiz, like a short questionnaire, which also gives the GP a score. And this can be quite a good session to just get a handle on what's going on with your mental health. The nice thing is once you've done one of these GP mental health plans, you're actually entitled to Medicare subsidised psychology appointments with a psychologist, a mental health specialist. And this can be absolutely brilliant. You know, have an hour to talk things through with a mental health professional. And we know from the big research studies, you know, the sorts of techniques they use really help people and they can make a big difference to people's lives. All right. So we know about talking to a mate. We know about talking to family. We know about talking to a GP and obviously a mental health professional. One of the other things that's popping up, and and you've been a part of this as well, is the podcast, especially with Beyond Blue, this Not Alone one. Um, Do you find that they can be helpful in, I guess, not managing mental health, but really reducing that stigma and even finding uh, someone to listen to, someone to share a story with? Yes, I think the podcasts have been a really welcome development. And when you think about it, often with these mental health conditions, there's something about the intimacy of voice on a podcast. Um, When you listen to a podcast, you really feel like you've got to know someone. You might be listening for, you know, 30, 40 minutes, sometimes an hour, and you understand their story. So Beyond Blue has recently um, launched our second season of our podcast called uh, You're Not Alone. And we're very lucky. We've had Mark Fennell, who's a Walkley Award-winning journalist who handles these interviews with people so sensitively, so compassionately, and you really get an insight into the messiness and the way in which mental health issues start impacting on someone's lives and and I'm always a bit cautious to use the word journey, but you do hear, you know, the journey that they go through from experiencing mental health symptoms, getting help, and how things have panned out for them during their lives. Oh, and, I, and I get what you're saying about listening to that voice because we spoke to Brad McEwen earlier and the passion that comes through in his voice when he's talking about being an advocate and checking in on people, it just comes through so much in voice. It's just not something... I feel I could put down on paper and do justice to. It's true. And when you think of it, you know, Beyond Blue, we're always trying to communicate to people about mental health issues. And, you know, it's one thing to look at a fact sheet, which, you know, will list the symptoms of depression. But when you hear a real story from someone like Brad, who, you know, you hear about his local community and the traumas that he's been through in his life, and it's so genuine and authentic, and everyone's story is different. Um, it, it really um, touches your heart. You know, there's a couple of them where I just find myself holding back a tear at the end of them because you can just hear what people have been through. I, I think one of the effects then is people listen to that and they think, okay, I am not the only human being in the world going through these things. And how amazing 
that um, people have gone and got proper help and it's made a big difference. And, and I think that's a pretty common theme through the podcast. You know, it's not always linear. It's not simple. You go along and, you know, the mental health professional has a magic wand and voila, you're cured. You know, it, it is it is months, years sometimes where people are getting better, getting an insight into how they're coping with their life. And I really enjoyed this series of um, podcasts and there's some extraordinary stories um, from people who've been interviewed. All right. Well, we've said it before. We'll put uh, all the details of that one in the uh, the show notes below. And uh, of course, Beyond Blue doing amazing work as uh, as always. And we do thank Dr. Grant Blaschke for his time today. Great to chat, Damien. Thanks for listening to this rather intense episode of News Fix. Our guests have said it, but I'll say it again. If you need help or support, be sure to contact your GP. Log on to beyondblue.org.au or as always, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14.